Hi, and welcome to episode eight of the Sapjack podcast. I'm your host, Jaron Main. After a short summer recess, we're back again on what promises to be a great season, with lots of great guests lined up for you. In this episode, I wanted to explore what really is social selling. What do our clients want from their partner interactions now? And how has that changed with social media? Has it changed at all? In this episode, I'm joined by Carson Heady. Carson's a best-selling author, eight-time CEO award winner, and Microsoft Health Solutions Director, and their world number one social seller. During our conversation, I speak to Carson, and we discuss how social selling has evolved. But a lot of these things were, were happening long before the pandemic as well. Um, you know, these social tools aren't new. Um, we're just having to find new ways to leverage them. And we explore the opportunities that social selling has offered us. Um, and I think it just it shows the possibilities of being able to connect globally because of these powerful tools. And we discuss how these tools don't necessarily mean guaranteed success. It's kind of like if you're going out looking for a job and you go out and you find all the jobs that are just like a one click to send your resume. Yeah, it's easy. I can say I went out and applied to several jobs today, but the probability that I get an interview is slim to none. Carson, welcome uh, to the Snapchat podcast, and thank you for your time. I really do appreciate it. Uh, As I said in the intro, five times President Cup winner, uh, your number one Microsoft social seller, uh, author, 330,000 social media followers. Um, I'm really interested. What was your journey uh, and entry into sales? Yeah, Jaron, pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for the time and opportunity to chat. Um, Getting into sales was kind of by accident. And, you know, the more I talk to sellers, the more I hear that that's that's a common theme. You know, I don't I don't know that a lot of people necessarily set out to go into sales, though. I see a lot of reason why people should, because it can be very lucrative and rewarding. Mm -hmm. Um, But I started out looking for a a job out of college. And, um, you know, as I think a lot of times happens, I had a a contact that was able to get me an interview. I thought it was going to be a customer service type role. It wasn't. Uh, it was phone sales. And, um, you know, the, the rest is kind of history. I, I spent some time in um, inbound, outbound, uh, face-to-face field sales. I've been in short sales cycles and very long sales cycles. It's been a very tremendous ride. And, and actually, what brought us together, uh, I think, was atypical. Uh, let, let's face it, in terms of what we're discussing today, and that is the rise of the social seller. You know, I happened to read, I was on vacation, happened to read LinkedIn uh, by the pool, uh, saw an article that you were writing about social selling and the work that you're doing at Microsoft. And, uh, and, and, and then, you know, it spawned some conversation between the two of us, we had some great conversations, and here we are today. And I think, in some respects, that that is some of the change that's actually taken place in sales cycles now, and in terms of the, we engage with our customers using social networks. That's a very astute observation, Jaron. I, I would agree with you a hundred percent because it's what it is. It's a change of the landscape. And, you know, I've heard a lot of debate, has sales changed? You know, it's changed dramatically. No, it hasn't. I mean, at the heart, sales is still about people and it's about process. Um, but the playing field looks different. And mm-hmm. what I what I think that means is that now there's no geographical barriers because a lot of things are virtual. You know, we have this hybrid environment. Um, but a lot of these things were, were happening long before the pandemic as well. Um, you know, these social tools aren't new. Um 
we're just having to find new ways to leverage them in order to really optimize the sales relationship. And I'll give you an example. So, um, yeah, I started doing some of these things several years ago. And, um, you know, at, when I was working for a small consultant firm, I started using LinkedIn to get meetings. Mm. And what it's really taught me, Jaron, is that it really comes down to um, focusing on the quality of your messaging, which you can evolve and tweak over time, focusing on the quantity of your outreach. It gives you a higher probability of getting the meeting. And then also focusing on consistency over time. You don't go out and water your garden once. And I think that's where I've approached this differently than I've seen most do. I'll reach out to 100 people to get one meeting. And the other element that you pointed out is the fact that, like, this conversation is even happening. Um, and I think it just it shows the possibilities of being able to connect globally because of these powerful tools. Yeah, absolutely. But they can be used. I mean, I, I guess if I sat here and I was thinking about my my old sales manager sort of 15 years ago, be saying, oh, Jaron, it's all very well. This doesn't replace getting in front of customers, you know, shaking their hands, watching their faces. And and I think, you know, we probably agree that, that that's the, the truth, that, you know, that doesn't replace the need to be in front of customers. But this is a, a different entry point into those conversations. I love that you said that because I couldn't agree more. It is, you you can never replace the value of that face-to-face relationship. And, you know, obviously over the last couple of years, we haven't had the opportunity to have as much face-to-face. So you find the way to be as genuine and as authentic and as, you know, real as you can in these Mm. situations when you can. However, where I've used social tools before is to open the door that weren't open previously. And so to be able to use these tools to find where your audience is, where your prospects are, to be able to message them and reach out to them, and to be able to create a meeting that may not have existed otherwise, that's the power. But then what you do from there is also very important, as you highlighted. I'll give you a great example. You know, a few years back, uh, I was able to meet, I, I took on a new book of business, and I was able to meet the president of an organization that I supported on day two in the job by LinkedIn. I was in his office the following week, and uh, I went in, I, I gave him a copy of my CEO's book, outlined passages that I felt were very relevant to where I felt their organization was going, and come to find out, you know, they were actually looking at doing something similar to what I would come in to propose, but not with us. And as we peeled back some of the layers, some of their priorities, their existing landscape, it made a lot of sense to continue the dialogue. And so from there, then it falls on me to be, I'm not in prospecting mode, I'm qualifying that opportunity and I'm moving that through the sales cycle, bringing in resources. So there's a key element of, it's. it really comes down to the relationships and resources aspect. I'm looking to create relationships by any means possible. Then I want to nurture those relationships and I want to bring in all the resources that I possibly can to add value for those clients. And if you do that and if you quantify that and you do that consistently over time, you'll be successful. The results will be a byproduct of of that process. I think you you picked up on a really, really interesting point there, and it's about value. And the one thing that I've noticed is that, you know, we've gone through, and I've worked in a number of organizations, you've worked in a number of organizations, we've gone and moved away from that um, 
that transparent kind of, oh, here we go. This is a list of our, our, our products, our services, our offerings. These are the features and benefits. Hey, presto. And, and, you know, they've evolved. They've evolved from brochures through to endless PowerPoints. But actually, we're now moving into, you know, articles where clients are looking for value. And they're looking for a five-minute read maybe, but something that gives them insight that they may not have thought of before or that they haven't considered or that it's another customer in a similar situation where there's value. And I think that's probably the important part here. The studies now show that on the buyer's journey, a lot of them are 57% down the path as far as, you know, having done the research and, you know, they've narrowed it down to pretty pretty specifically what they're looking for, which is why we've got to double down on the relationship. The other element that I think a lot of sellers don't think about is that, you know, if you're short-sighted, if you're transactional, if you're trying just to sell your litany of products, you may be limiting yourself in the long haul because where I've seen a lot of success is creation of a relationship, really doubling down on that relationship, adding value, being responsive, being transparent to my process and what are the levers that I can pull on their behalf? Mm-hmm. How can I best be their evangelist and their advocate? But then the other element of that is if I'm able to find them a win, even if you know I've recommended competitors before. I've introduced friends that I had at the competition before because that was the right move for the relationship. But guess what? When that executive went to another organization, guess who they called? They trusted me. They knew that I was going to steer them right because it wasn't for me about the sale. It was about how do I help them win? You know, I've got what I had... I thought of this concept about 10 years ago and I call it the holy sales trinity. So it's the customer your company, and you. And you've got to be thinking about all of those entities as you focus on that sales process. All of them have to win. You know, I can't do something that is going to, you know, make me look like a star, but my team suffers or my company suffers and the customer suffers. I can't also go so much into the customer's camp where, you know, I cut our profit and our margins and maybe I'm not getting paid. My company is not getting paid. Um, But at the end of the day, if you focus on those three entities and everything that you do and you let those govern you, then you'll find success. And equally, I mean, let's be honest, right? So, you know, you and I use LinkedIn, I think, in a, in a broadly similar way. I think you're, you're clearly much more active in terms of the white papers and reports that you've been putting out there. Um, but, but it is fundamentally about a, a network of individuals that are not just transient individuals. And I think the, the downside of uh, social networks, particularly LinkedIn, are that you can get, you know, and we've all seen them, you know, the kind of LinkedIn Connect request that's seemingly blind. Um, somebody maybe sees your profile, thinks, hey, that would be good to connect. No email, no no, no message at all. Or just a random click uh, in, in a seemingly bid just to make their number of followers and network higher. But it's not really a, a network of value. And I think just like there's a thousand sellers probably calling on different executives at any given point of time, the quality that's out there is always going to be diluted by the activity that you described, Jaron. And I think that's why as, as superior sellers, we have to rise above. We're always going to be doing behaviors that are different from the norm. Mm -hmm. We're not going to be behaving like average. 
what you just described as a low probability of success. It has a low probability of acceptance. It has a very low probability of getting a meeting. And that's why we have to be very mindful of that. Sure, it's very easy. It's the path of least resistance. It's kind of like if you're going out looking for a job and you go out and you find all the jobs that are just like a one click to send your resume. Yeah, it's easy. I can say I went out and applied to several jobs today, but the probability that I get an interview is slim to none. And I think we have to apply that principle. What are we truly after? And so I I shifted my focus long ago uh, that I'm after the relationship. And if I know, I'm confident that if I can get the relationship and I've got two-way trust and transparency, Mm. that it can be very fruitful and very successful. And it doesn't happen overnight. Um, I can give you plenty of examples where you know, it took years. Um, in, in one case, very prominent case for me with a deal, it took three years uh, to get, you know, to build the trust and transparency that, that was critical in getting the deal done. But we got the deal done. So um, I think what my philosophy is anywhere you go, um, you know, quality is always going to be diluted by some of the behaviors that are out there. But I think that gives a a prime opportunity for people to rise above that behavior, stand out, be unique, get noticed for the right behaviors, and be successful. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I think um, that the, the whole sending uh, connector requests on on LinkedIn, um, you know, was probably standard five ten years ago. Now it's just not tolerated. Uh, you know, and and I think you know it just it just looks what it is. It's either that, or I'm just getting a bit older and a, a bit more curmudgeonly. But you know, I, I think we you, you talked earlier on about the 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 whole effect of COVID, really, and that and that I've seen changes in our our our, our customers, our buyers' behaviour. You know, typically those initial meetings were all face to face; they would have to be. Now, of course, we didn't do that. Whereas before. Clients were looking for long word documents, you know, with responses. Now they're looking for a, a high level presentation as an upfront. It, it's about speed. So we're trying to combine the two. How have you seen that that impact of COVID? Do you think that's accelerated some of this? Yeah, you know, it's amazing to me to watch because, you know, it comes back to what we were talking about before. It's it's the playing field is different. But with that uh, comes some interesting nuances. You know, I liken it to a sports arena, like let's call it a baseball arena. If you understand the nooks and crannies of that that baseball diamond, uh, that field, how things are going to hit the grass, where to hit it within the field, uh, you know, maybe a wall that favors you or whatever it is. If you know all those things, that's one of those intangible variables that, that brings you, um, you know, additional probability of success. And so what I've seen, I always try to look for, okay, let me get the lay of the land. Let me understand the resources at my disposal and how to best use them. And, and I would agree with you because in, in a lot of ways, um, you know, especially after people got beyond the point where they started to accept like, hey, we're, we're going to be doing this for a while. Um, you start to look at, OK, what are the things that I can do differently uh, that I couldn't do before? I'll, get, I'll give you a prime example of something that I've truly enjoyed um, through the new way that we approach work is I could be on talking to an executive and or I could be on with a, a team that I've assembled to be able to in real time in a meeting with executives have a back channel chat yep. through Microsoft Teams and start talking to people on my team about, oh, hey, I, I didn't expect that or, you know, hey, do we have a document that covers this or whatever it is? The other element, too, 
is let's say I need to phone a friend or call a lifeline. Um, I'm on a call. I'm on a conversation. And what normally Jaron would have taken, you know, hey, we had a great meeting. Let's reconvene. That could take two weeks or, you know, God forbid it gets pushed and it's a month down the road before you're in front of this executive again. Um, But I need to bring in my technical specialist or whatever it is. I can click a button and add them to the call that we're on in real time and shore up that. I've saved a month of waiting on that sales cycle. And so I think, again, it comes down to understanding the parameters that are in play. There's a lot of really positive things that we've seen. I mean, the advance of technology, the fact that people like you and me are able to talk all over the world just like that. Um, You know, there's a lot of power and possibility and potential that comes out of that. So I encourage people to look for some of those hidden ways that they can make themselves more effective, expand their reach. Um, It can be far reaching to every aspect of your role in your career. And I have to say, right, so we were chatting before before this podcast and, we've, and last week about, you know, our, our, your, your particular, but mine as well, interest in James Bond, the new film coming out. Um, but I was, the reason I say that is because, and I'll put a, a, a link to, the, to, to it in your show notes, you have a blog uh, and you were talking about a, a great a, a piece of a film in Skyfall where uh, James Bond is in the uh, the the, uh, the the National Gallery in London, or so it appears, and he's meeting the quartermaster for the first time, and he's meeting this very young, sort of uh, out of school guy. He's very very technically aware, and he was kind of making the point that we don't need you, you know, we can do everything on a laptop now, and and actually, you know, I think Bond makes that point at that stage was, you know, we just need you to pull the trigger, and he says, well, or not. And that you can't do that in pajamas, and that was really powerful because I think that you, I mean you made that analogy, but it fits so well. Which is, you know, you've got the blend of new technologies, new ways of doing it, new ways of connecting, but it doesn't actually ever negate the need for somebody to be sat in front of somebody, communicating with them, and picking up on those subtle nuances that you know you can never do a hundred percent remotely. So true. Um, I love that you highlighted that. Yes. Huge Bond fan. And um, that one spoke to me because of what you you outlined so eloquently. At the end of the day, there are a lot of things that we can do technically and and digitally and remotely. Um, and I've seen, you know, sways of a pendulum sometimes where it seems like, you know, we we move toward doing a lot of activities digitally. Uh, then we swing back and we, we try to, you know, double down on the field. I, I mean, the bottom line is the truth is there's some value right in between. You know, you mm-hmm. definitely want to have that digital presence. Having resources that are able to jump in at a moment's notice that are anywhere in the world is a phenomenal thing. Um, but sometimes when you negotiate a deal, you want to sit across the table. You want to look look them in the eye. You want to know that they have your best interests at heart. Um, you want to come to a to a common ground, um, and I think that's super important. It's still an expectation of a lot of clients, mm-hmm. and we've got to meet them where they are. Some of them are going to be perfectly fine with you know saving budget and not traveling halfway across the country to sit down for an hour long meeting. Um, others are going to you know, still want to uh, do that in person, uh, sit down, spend time together, get to know each other in that in that arena. And and again, we've got to meet them where they are. Absolutely. Now, if I may, I'd like to go back to something we, we chatted about before. I picked up on it in the original uh, article you were writing in, in LinkedIn. 
And that was around the fact that actually Microsoft had seen what you were doing and they've kind of given you the the support and and the free will maybe to actually develop that. And how does that come about? And what what have they done? And and how's that kind of progressed? It's been amazing. Um, you know, I came to Microsoft seven and a half years ago, and it was one of those situations where I walked in. I was surrounded by a lot of brilliant people, and um, I had been very successful in my career previously. But coming into this, you know, it was. I kind of felt like Michael Jordan when he went to the Washington Wizards. It was, you know, I've had some some great memories and some great successes, but I'm in kind of a foreign arena, and, uh, you know, it's going to be new, and I just wanted to be a contributor. I wanted to find a way to contribute. And so um, inherently I, I went about things a lot differently. And at first, you know, I think anytime you do something that's different than the norm or different than how everybody else is doing it, People look at you and they're like, you know, what are you doing? I didn't have the results, obviously, at first to back it up. Um, I had to believe in this process and invest in this process. And so at first um, it was kind of an anomaly. Oh, yeah, you know, Carson's doing that social selling thing, whatever that is. And, I mean, this was years ago. But after, you know, the first multi-million dollar deal that came from meeting somebody on LinkedIn and that wouldn't have happened otherwise, there was another, then another, then another. I mean, there were 12 13, 14 deals over the first couple of years that I started doing this that were, you know, multi-million dollar deals that were converted off of starting relationships that started on LinkedIn. And so um, after that, I started being asked to talk about it and share these best practices and that, that grew. And it was really incredible. And I have to pinch myself often because, you know, I've been called the top social seller in all of Microsoft and the top social seller in all of tech. And that's something like, yeah. um, I mean, there's 160,000 global employees of Microsoft. And, you know, I'm just a small town kid from the Midwest United States, right? So um, for me, it's it's very humbling and sobering to realize like how different it is, but also how lucky I am and I'm a big believer in, in the probability, uh, but the relationships element of sales. I'm a true student of the game. I'm always learning and always trying to understand new ways to connect meaningfully with people. And, um, you know, so for me, like Microsoft embracing that ultimately and asking me to train people all over the world and um, giving me unique opportunities as a result, like it's just, it's been unbelievable. And so when I talk to sellers and there's one component, obviously, of social that can be really impactful for your results. But from my personal brand and for my career, I mean, it's taken me in places that I could have never possibly fathomed. And that's a really interesting point, isn't it? I mean, there's a couple of couple of things there. I mean, one is actually, you know, I've worked with teams of people where they say, actually, I'm not comfortable doing that. I just don't want to put myself out there. And I think some of it is just experience and giving them the support and the comfort to know that it's perfectly fine doing it. It's not an ego trip. It's genuinely trying to add value. Um, but but I think the sec- the second thing there is you know just how how you know what what does a, a good social seller look like to to you you know and how do you do you get to the point where it is a separate brand it is you know you are your own brand you happen to be working for Microsoft um, but you've got a network of individuals that know and respect you your knowledge in the industry. Uh, and 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 that's the draw, and I think that's that's the balancing act that some people don't seem to be able to understand. 
You know, you you hit on something that's uh, that's very uh, prevalent in my mind because I don't purport to be uh, the end all be all when it comes to social. I it's a challenging balancing act because it's it's conflicting. You know, on one hand. I'm very much trying to create relationships with executives that are our clients and, you know, be a Microsoft brand evangelist. And then on the other hand, um, you know, I spend time with sellers all over the world and try to coach them and, and help them improve their craft. And those on paper would look to be in conflict, right? Um, I've embraced the conflict. I, you know, there, I'm passionate about both and I think there's room for both. And I try to personify that there's room for both because it's coming from a place of genuine, you know, Mm -hmm. I genuinely want to be good at both. I want to help people, uh, whether it's that they fall into the line of, you know, my career Mm -hmm. It's people that I am able to connect with uh, that are sellers that I can you know find some synergies with and, and we can learn from each other. So um, it, it, it is something to embrace. I mean, there's a lot of elements that that are that are challenging. If you want to be successful in your life and your career, um, you've got to take some risks. Not everything I've written or put out there has succeeded. I mean, some of these bomb. Um, I've written articles nobody's read, I'm sure. Um, You know, I've done videos that I got negative feedback about or whatever it is, but it's the sum of the parts, Jaron. And I think um, I've really challenged myself to try to put out quality content. I've gotten, you know, phenomenal engagement with with certain things and people. And, um, you know, I think that's where you really have to link. But on the same on the flip side of that, you know, there's a lot of times where, you know, certainly if you're trying to create relationships with a client, um, you know, and you're trying to get outside of like I work at Microsoft, if you're trying to create relationships with executives, sometimes, um, you know, historically, we've worked a lot with procurement or IT, and maybe they try to keep us focused on that. And um, I've always just tried to focus on where I believe I can holistically add value. And I've let the rest take care of itself. It's not a perfect answer, um, but it's worked. It's not always a perfect balance either, but all in all, it works. Well, you're not alone, Carson, uh, writing uh, papers uh, or videos that get get very few views. I think it is a creative process. I mean, that's one thing I would say that I've personally found that you need to you need to have a bit of a creative side in you in terms of putting pen to paper, maybe framing things in different ways. I mean, what advice would you give to maybe a, a young seller entering the market today? Um, what, what would you say to them? Yeah, the line that, that I heard recently from a gentleman that I respect a great deal is your, uh, your net worth is your network. And where I misstepped early in my career, I just didn't realize it, was how important it was to develop a lot of those relationships, um, figuring out, you know, who can I learn from um, and always going at it from a place of where can I add value as well. Figure out what what's your unique superpower. How can you parlay that into being able to add unique value for the people that you come into contact with, whether they're customers or colleagues? Because it's very much sales is a relationships game. I look back at my career and every time that I was pulled into a new role, or um, identified for a new opportunity, it was because of a relationship that I had. There's only been one time in my entire career uh, where I was able to create blind a job opportunity, and this was a decade ago, um, that wasn't because of a relationship that I already had, but guess what? My resume was noticed because I had written a book. That was what made my resume stand out amongst the thousand people that had applied for that job. That's why I got that interview. It's all about getting in the room. So do the things that you can do to 
develop your brand to stand out, find your unique superpower, how you can best deliver unique value to everybody so that you are memorable. And then, um, you know, just double down on relationships because, you know, it's where can I, I'm looking every day for where can I invest in relationships? Where can I help other people that I touch when, whether it's customers or colleagues? And I focus, I'm obsessive about process, you know, making sure that I understand all of the parameters, all of the resources, and you just try to find an optimum balance. You're not going to always have that, right? I mean, it's like a stock market. Um, You just diversify your portfolio. You invest in a lot of stocks. You're not guaranteed it's going to go up. But if you do it smartly and you do it consistently over time, um, you're statistically proven to uh, reap the reward. And, and I guess in a similar vein, I mean, we've talked a lot about LinkedIn and we talked about white papers and other things. In terms of the, the, you know, the, the material that you produce, we talked clearly about the, the books. I'm, I'm already um, three quarters of the way through the first one. Um, but, you know, you, we, we clearly we met on, on LinkedIn. But, you know, what other materials are you, you obviously writing a blog on your website you, are you are you doing video as well? I have. Um, yeah, I do video. And, and what, I, what I started doing last year, I was kind of lamenting that I couldn't just sit around talking uh, with <laughs> sellers about sales. Right. And, yeah. and then I realized I, I can talk to anybody in the world about sales. There's no geographical barrier whatsoever. So I just started setting up conversations and I'd record them, put them out there. Um, some get a ton of engagement, some not as much, but it, for me, it's all about just trying to find ways to contribute. And, you know, not everybody, not everything has to be this work of art. I think where, um, you know, where a lot of sellers or even just people that could be influencers where they may struggle or take pause is they believe that everything has to be like this perfectly crafted thing before they put it out there. Uh, maybe it doesn't get the engagement that they want and then they stop. Right. And I, I think that's where, you know, it, it's about the consistency over time. A lot of people tell me I have a podcast. I don't believe that I have a podcast. I just film videos from time to time with other sellers, people that I respect. And then I post them and I put them out there. Um, you know, and it's basically just like I'm sitting here with you today. Um, I could be on a Teams meeting, on a Zoom meeting. I just hit record. I post that out. And, and it's as simple as that. I don't have the time or the ability to do a lot of, you know, video editing and things of that stature. Focus on getting something meaningful out there. If you have a quality message or you've got something to say, it doesn't matter you know, what day you post it, what time you post it, just create and and put it out there. Try to start conversations. That's what it's really all about. Um, Try to find things that are at the pulse of what matters to your audience. Make a statement on it. Start a conversation. Um, And I think you'll be uh, you'll be surprised. You'll be positively surprised if you do that consistently over time. And that's all I've endeavored to do. And it's interesting. I had the same thing when I started this podcast. I started it because I'd thought about it before lockdown. Uh, I looked at what was going on in the market. I've been around for a long time and I thought I'll go create it. And it's interesting the people that have come back to me and said, hey, what, what are you doing? It? Are you are you doing it specifically for the company you work for? And he said, no, no, I'm just doing it because it's kind of a bit of give back. I'm genuinely interested in SAP, the market I work in. It's been very kind to me and I, it's a bit of give back and I'm genuinely interested. People seem to find that really difficult to understand at times. They feel like there there has to be, hey, you're trying to sell to me. And it's like, no, 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 no. I'm just genuinely trying to have those upfront conversations. 
Yes. I, I mean, look, I love sales. I, I love leadership. I love working as part of a team, part of a dynamic organization. Um, I'm a firm believer in the value of personal brand and the value of understanding, um, you know, the entire selling game mm. um, and, and just how, you know, people can be a student of that game and how rewarding that can be. Um, I, I've been able to meet people all over the world. I've been able, I've learned so much and continue to do so. And it's been so rewarding for me, but it hasn't been like all easy. Uh, you know, it, it's not a straight line, right? It's not a straight path. You know, I've messed up. I've, uh, you know, had some unfortunate situations happen to me in my career. I've made some risky decisions that didn't pan out. Mm. Um, but I think it's it's the journey that's the fun part, and um, that's where I am. So I, I, I think you, you really hit the nail on the head there, Jaron, because as long as it comes from a place of I'm passionate about this mm-hmm. and I'm able to infuse, if you can find ways to infuse what you're passionate about into what you do, it changes everything. Well, Carson, I don't think anyone could uh, listening to this could, could doubt your enthusiasm uh, enthusiasm and, and passion for sales and and sheer you know the the broad spectrum of work that you've done for, for and I'm conscious of time and I'm conscious of your time and it's very early where you are um but but in terms of um listeners I'll put links in the show notes but where can they find out more about you Sure. Um, and I appreciate that. Um, you know, as you mentioned, I do have a blog that's out there. If people literally just go to um, my name and, and middle initial last name. So Carson V is in Vincent dot com. Uh, that'll take you to the blog. Um, also, LinkedIn, Twitter, very active at both uh, and, and would love to connect. I mean, genuinely um, looking forward to people reaching out and um, maybe it's a conversation. Um, you know, I, I love to connect with other sellers, love getting the perspective of others and it helps me it helps keep me keep me sharp because i know it's at the pulse of other sellers um but it makes me better too because i have picked up best practices from people all over the world so i uh, would love to connect well carson i'd like to thank you because you know we i'll start where we've been we, we started off which was very much around you and i connecting via linkedin seeing something and it spawned this conversation i know other people will be really interested in it so carson thank you so much for your time Oh, my absolute pleasure, Jaron. Thank you so much. Thank you.